praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Praise God. Thank you so much for the wonderful time of uh, worship and uh, thank you Shadi for hosting us today. Uh, before I I, um, I preach this morning. I just wanted to find out how many of us have registered for the partnership class that we are meeting today. Um, oh, it's, it's, is it? It's starting next, in March. Oh, I, thought, I saw 20th there. I was like, am I behind? It's 20th March. So please uh, register for, for that, and um, we would want you, you know, to know what we do as 20 Central, and uh, for you to also know uh, what Dr. Dale is all about. The second thing that I wanted to mention is that we were supposed to have a baby dedication next week on Sunday. We only had one, uh, one young lady that uh, uh, registered for the the baby dedication, and um, I postponed that ded baby dedication because there was just something that didn't sit well with me about uh, something. I just wanted to mention something. I will never, ever refuse to dedicate any child dis despite the circumstances that that child was born. Amen. I must, I must make that very, very clear. I will never refuse to dedicate a child. It doesn't matter what and how that child was born. And I have dedicated children here of parents that were not married as long as both the father and the mother of that child are going to say they, they want their baby to be dedicated. I will dedicate that child. Amen. I will not refuse to do that. Um, then the other thing that I wanted to mention as well is I would really want you guys to consider that you become part of this church before we take some of those uh, important decisions like dedicating your child and uh, doing other things. The reason is very simple. I am getting a lot of problems when we are doing marriages here at Swanee Central. And I'm getting a lot of problems when we are having funerals here at Swanee Central. And now when we are doing baby dedications. Because people are very loosely attached to this church. And uh, some of you consider yourselves that you are part of a church down the road. And then you frequent this place a few times. And then when it suits you, you come here and you want us to do stuff for you. I think it's unfair. I think it's very unfair. You are either part of this church or you are part of the church down the road. And if you want me to dedicate your child, this time I will ask if you are partner of this church. And young ladies, 
when you fall pregnant and you run away and when you hear we are dedicating children you come back don't if you fall pregnant come and see me I don't chase anybody here many of the kids that I have dedicated here at Tswana Central it's kids that have fallen pregnant here at Tswana Central so if I was a bad pastor that refuses you can say you refused to dedicate that child but if you fall pregnant you go to Mpumalanga and then you hear in Mpumalanga we are dedicating children you come here ladies and gentlemen we are not playing games here it, I feel very offended and I, I, I feel abused as well because the other thing that I want to also mention is if you don't want to be part of this church and you just want to frequent this church it's not a problem but don't come to us when it suits you when you have a problem because it just makes it difficult for us to help you when somebody dies for example and we didn't know whether you were here or you had joined another church and and then you come here and everything just gets my my team doesn't even know whether they should sing or they should just sit quiet it, it is becoming a little bit of a problem and i wanted to just mention it this morning that we can't live like that ladies and gentlemen let us respect the house of the lord if you feel that i am not suitable to be your pastor find another pastor find another pastor i don't think that it's a problem i don't think it's a problem some of you you run away from here and then when it suits you you come here and you cause problems here I will not tolerate that anymore. I will not. If I have three people here that are going to be partners of this church, we will have three people. We will have three people. I'm having a lot of problems. Look, if you are having issues that have, are uh, against Christianity and everything, I have married people here that have lived together forever and i have sat down with them and we have discussed things i have gone to speak to the parents of the lady i've gone to speak to the parents of the guy these children are living together we don't believe in that at our church can we get them married they are afraid maybe they don't have lowola can you help them not to lowola before they get married until they get married i have sorted out those problems i am just getting so fed up of treating this church like it's your grandmother's church. This, this, this is Jesus' church. Even myself will not be here forever, but we will have to respect this church. We will have to respect this church. We will have to respect this church. If you are not a partner of this church, we will not do certain things for you. Now I can do that. I have gone to Stanga, sometimes at my own expense, to go and bury somebody in KwaZulu-Natal. Ten hours drive. I have flown to the Eastern Cape to go and do a funeral. 
because the person who has died respected this church. Ladies and gentlemen, let us respect this church. I will not allow that anymore. I am drawing the line in the sand. I am, I am doing that. And I, I am seeing that there's a lot of people that take us for granted. Mm -mm. So, I, I really just felt very offended this morning because I, I am just seeing a lot of these things that are happening around and people treating us like we don't know what we are doing here and stuff like that. Please don't be offended. If you are okay, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people that want to make this church like as if it's a play field. This is not. This is Jesus' house. And we will respect Jesus and we will respect the Lord and we will do things correctly and we, I will never ever refuse to do anything when somebody respects this church. One of my friend's kids got pregnant here at Chwana Central. I dedicated her child. She's not married up to today. I took her son, I took her, her father, and I took the, the guy, I sat them down, don't worry, as long as you take responsibility, we are going to deal with this thing. But you can't just come out of the woodwork, you know, and just come. No, it doesn't work that way. I'm not going to do that anymore. I know some of you become very emotional about that. Come and see me. I am here. I am here. The second thing is this coming Sunday... I am going to Malawi and I am going to Zambia. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I would really want us to bless the pastor of the church in Malawi that is going to host me. Last year, at not about three years ago when I went to Malawi, we blessed him with 2,000 rands as a church. So I want us to increase that money this, this uh, trip. Maybe we can bless him with a 2,500 or a 3,000 uh, rand, and I would want you to give towards that. You can also give towards what we are doing as City Changer Movement. You saw that uh, on our, um, on our, what is that thing again? On our wish list. We have put there, you know, we are busy doing stuff in some places in Africa, and um, our God has been very good to us. I wouldn't want you to, to miss out on the blessing of what the Lord is doing. So please, if you give towards City Changer Movement, just put City Changer Movement uh, donation or whatever you can call it. But don't forget to put City Changer Movement so that we can, um, you know, uh, allocate that money correctly. So this coming Sunday, I will be going to first to Lusaka. We do a two, meet, two days meeting in Lusaka. And then I will go to Malawi and then come back to South Africa. So I won't be around for the next two Sundays. Amen. And then we also, our Doxa Kids teacher, you know, just gave me a very sad story that uh, 
they are having problems with their computers. I know that uh, some of you guys at your place of work, you upgrade computers, and uh, the computer that you upgrade, maybe it's just sitting in your house and you're not using it. We need two laptops. If it's possible, you know, you can give us that. Maybe some of you would feel, ah, why should I give them a second hand? Maybe I can just buy them a new one. We will also appreciate that. Amen? And uh, may God bless you. So uh, please don't feel offended when I do what I just did. Because, I, you, you know, I am a pastor. But I love people. But I feel sometimes people can take advantage of other people. And, and I feel sorry for my team. Because sometimes they don't know what to do when a thing like that happens. And it just causes chaos in the office. Because... They just don't know what to do. You know? Somebody dies and Timber doesn't even know whether he has to put a, a, a team together to sing. You go to the house, you find another church there. You know? And it's a church they have come there as well with their pastor who wants to do the funeral. You know? I've had to sort out issues here in my office where a pastor came and he told me that I have, I'm stealing his daughter. Mm. I had a meeting three times in my office with a very angry pastor from uh, um, Pumalang. You are stealing my daughter. She is not your daughter. I raised this girl and I am going to marry her. You will not marry her. And she insisted, no, my pastor is Pastor Ken. He says, no, I am your pastor. And now me and, and this pastor, now we have to start to do all kinds of things. Ladies and gentlemen, make up your mind. Make up your mind. Who do you tell is your pastor? Is it Pastor Keno? Mm. I, I really want to feel proud as well that I have people that call me their pastor. Not some people I don't, I don't even know. We, I met some guy here at the door here. He's, he's, I'm driving out of the, 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 the campus. He used to be very, very uh, active here at Twana Central. I didn't even know when he left. I'm driving out. I am like, hi, I even know his name. I won't mention his name. Hi. I said, hi, I'm okay, Pastor. How are you? Yeah, I, I will visit. You will visit. When did you leave? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it will cool down after two weeks that I'll be away. <laughs> Timber, take charge. Yeah, take charge. Eh? Timber will be around. Praise God. Okay, so this morning we are continuing with our series um, to Mamina. We borrowed Mr. Ramaphosa's words and uh, really it sounds very nice. So to Mamina sent me, last week we introduced the series. It's about the different forms 
of how we should evangelize. Now this morning, I really felt that we should zero in on the motive of evangelism. Why do you want somebody to become a child of Why do you want somebody to reconcile with God? You know, what is the reason for you? What motivates you to do that? You know? Now, why we speak to people about the Lord and the theology that guides us as we are doing that is very, very crucial. Amen? Because if your theology and the motive why you want to do that is, is not very well, you know, uh, uh, you know, formed, you will have very wrong reasons why you want people to become a child of God. The, you know, as a pastor, one of the things that is a very big motive for many of us as pastors is because you want to fill up the church. But the truth of the matter is that why would you want to fill up the church if people are not having the right theology and if people don't actually know why they have come to the Lord. So you can have a very wrong theology and you can have a very wrong motive and when you have a wrong motive, there is no way that you are going to do it correctly. Now the thing that we need to emphasize when we are wanting people to come to the Lord is that we need to help them to understand that we want them to reconcile with their father. We want them to reconcile with God. And you see, the problem is that mo most of us are motivated to bring people to Christ because we are afraid of the future. We shouldn't be afraid of the future and we shouldn't bring people to Christ because we want them to go to heaven. We should bring people to Christ because we want them to reconcile with God so that they can live their lives right here and right now in the way that God wants them to live. Not because they want to uh, uh, escape what is going to happen in the future. And if we don't do this thing correctly, what happens is that Christianity doesn't become anything but sin management. That is why you'd find that people can, can know very well how to do church, but their lives are not aligned with what God would want them to, uh, how God would want them to live. You know why? Because when we spoke to them, we didn't help them to understand that God just wants you to reconcile with him and live your life the way he would want it. The church that you are going to be part of, it's not a very big consequence. The church that you choose, you choose the church based on what it does and how you feel about the church is a family. But you need to reconcile to God before you choose the church. Amen. Because the church has, every church has its own personality. You will discover that uh, there are few uh, uh, churches down the road that would be uh, aligned to your test. And it is up to you to choose which church you really feel this church suits me. We were having a breakfast yesterday for uh, business people. And those out of you that were there, thank you so much for coming. 
Amen. And uh, we had over 40 people. We had capped it at 40, but people kept on asking they would want to come, and we had a few more, uh, uh, more than 40, and um, it, it went very well. I met a guy there. His name is Joseph. So when I spoke to Joseph, he told me that when he came here the first time, I was doing a series on money. And then he realized that at Twana Central, we don't just preach about things, a pie in the sky kind of uh, messages. We speak things that help people with their lives on a day-to-day basis. As a result, he realized this is the church that I want to, and he's been here about two years now. Are you seeing what I mean? Now, there's a lot of churches that, that that guy has visited, but they did not resonate. Is it they are bad churches? They are not bad churches. It's the same way when you speak to somebody about Christ, the way that you are going to speak to somebody about Christ has the potential for that person to accept or not to accept because you are doing it in a way that does not resonate with them. And a lot of people think that it's the devil. It's not the devil. It's just a wrong way you are doing it. If you do it correctly, you will discover that many people are very open to the Lord. You know, uh, there's a guy here at church. His name is Fulani. I know a lot of people here at 20 Central. And uh, the reason why Tulani is at our church, I asked a question when we were doing the partnership class. I always ask a question, why are you at Tswane Central? And people tell me why they are at Tswane Central. And this guy says to me, I am at Tswane Central because the first time I was here, you were firing the worship team. He says, I have never seen somebody who takes his work so seriously. And I say to myself, that is my pastor. So you can see that something that will repel somebody, that's the same thing that would get somebody to Christ. And that is why a lot of people don't understand that you need to be yourself. You don't need to change for you to bring people to Christ because they are people, no matter how much you are going to preach, you are not the one that will bring them to Christ. You are not the one that would resonate with how they want to come to Christ. And that is why we are going to speak about all these ways in which we have to evangelize and it is up to you to feel comfortable with the way that suits you because there are people out there that are waiting for you to go to them and they have rejected the gospel with every other person. The reason is because every other person who has come to them does not do it in the way that it reaches them. Tulani would not be at Swane Central if after people are just doing all kinds of things and I was just watching. He would have said, you know what? I can't stay here. This guy is seeing that guy and he's seeing that guy doing all funny things and he's just smiling. He's, he's afraid that they will leave. I you what I mean? 
What does he do? He says, I will stay here because I want to be a serious Christian. Are you seeing what I mean? So in the, in the same way, you will notice that people are very, very different. And because people are different, they will never come to the Lord the same way. Now, there are, there are some two things that I want us to mention before I mention the three ways in which we are going to deal with this morning. The, the two things are this. Every time you want somebody to learn about God, don't remove God from life. Don't preach a God that is out there, a God that is in the sky. People want a God that is going to come and live with them, a God that is going to help them through life and not just an imagination up here. Now, when you, how do I look at, how, did I, how do I know this? Every time God did something with the Israelites in the Bible, he told them to do two things. He told them the first thing, he said, you must create a monument. The second thing is that he said, you must have a festival around this event. I mean, around, yes, this event. Now, the children of God are crossing the Red Sea, and then God says, take 12 stones and put them on the other side and call it this name. And then every year, this time, you must celebrate. And then he says, when your children ask you, why are you celebrating today? You must tell them, you must tell them that our God helped us to cross the Red Sea when the, 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 the Egyptians were about to kill us. Now, do you see this child is seeing a God who is not out there, but a God who is what? Involved in people's lives and is able to rescue someone when somebody is in danger. Do you think that somebody would not want a God like that? Now, Abraham is about to kill his son. And then God says, don't kill, I will give you a lamb. And then he calls that place, Jireh. And then, when the children of Israel, every time they pass there, they go, why did we call this place Jireh? He says, you know what? There was this guy called Abraham. God gave him something. And because God gave him something, somebody, somebody starts to think, okay, so this God is not just a God that people sing to. This God can give stuff. Are you seeing what I mean? The reason is, what we do when we are evangelized, we are help, we are trying to tell people to go to church. We don't evangelize to fill up churches. We evangelize to fill up the kingdom of God with children of God that have been reconciled to God. That have been reconciled to God. Now, you know, I can go on and on and on. You will see a lot of festivals in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible. And you will also see a lot of monuments. And then God says to the children of Israel, don't tell your children about me. Don't. 
tell them about me before they ask you a question. The reason why God wants people to ask us a question is because their heart is open to learn. When somebody asks you a question, they say, you know what, eh? I am seeing a lot of stuff that happens, but why, is this, why are these things not influencing you negatively? It means that their heart is what? Then now you can say, you know what? I was like you. I did everything like you. But a couple of years ago, I found Christ. And it, oh, you found Christ. So what happened? And then you explain. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that the guy you are speaking to about the Lord and you don't look different. Why would you think they would want Christ? The moment that they discover that there is no reason for coming to God, you can do whatever you want. They will never. Never, ever. Why? And you see, sometimes we, we, we say it's, it's the, the Holy Spirit. Look, if the Holy Spirit, without us, bring people to Christ, everyone will be in Christ today, isn't it? Because the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. But why are people not coming to Christ? It's because us who are messengers of the, of, the, of the message, we are not going to them in the way that we are supposed to go to them. I will tell you, if you don't link God to life, I am sorry to say that God is irrelevant. Why would somebody need God if they don't need him? They're just fine, isn't it? Why are you terrorizing them, telling them about God when their lives are just fine? What we need to do is we need to help them understand what God wants. He wants a relationship with you so that you can be reconciled with him and live right here, right now with him. One day you will go to heaven, that is okay. But for now, he wants a relationship with you. Uh, Shadi was talking about uh, us coming to uh, our prayer meeting on Thursday. Look, if, 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 if you don't believe that praying is important, Shadi, until, until his beard goes off, <laughs> he can say all about that, you will never come to a prayer meeting. The only time you will come is when you realize prayer with other people is important. Is it wrong for Shadi to tell you to come? It is not. But I can tell you, you need on your own to understand this is part of my life and it is very important for me as a child of God. He made a statement. He said, a strong church stands on its knees. Until you get to a place where you realize that a strong Christian stands on their knees, then you will pray. You will pray. Me and Shad, we will not force you to come. We will actually be finding you here. But the reason why you may not come here is because... For you, that says the prayer meeting is just 
one of the things that the people do at church. You know? Now, every method of evangelism should not seclude life. It should not be done outside people's lives. That is why I have a problem myself uh, when a pastor reprimands somebody for not coming to church. I feel very offended. Do you know why I feel offended? Because our lives, our lives is where God wants to live with you. When you come to church, we are coming to church to teach and to train you so that you can live your life. But for me to call somebody and reprimand them, why are you not coming to church? What if what they are doing is busy helping people out there? Then, then it means that what I am saying is that sitting here on Sunday is more important than what you are doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which is not true. It is not true. Because what you do on Monday, what you do on Tuesday, what you, is where God wants to show up. It's where God wants to help us to understand that I am here with you. You, you, you know, busy, a, a pastor, you know, reprimanding a guy that hasn't been to church for a, for a few, but when the month had come, he wants their tithe. I thought they were working. So, so now when it suits me as a pastor, I must reprimand you. When it doesn't, then I, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. God wants us to show people that he wants to be with them in their lives on a daily basis. And if our evangelism lacks that, I can tell you it will not be effective because we are just going to be busy doing church. And sometimes doing church can be very detrimental to people's lives. If church is done wrongly, a lot of people can get hurt. If church is done wrongly, a lot of people can lose their mind. I know people that stop thinking because of what they are fed every day in church. And that is why the people that haven't been in church, when they see that, they are like, what is wrong with these people? The reason is very simple. People are able to see that that thing is not right. That thing is not right. But if our, our evangelistic, if our evangelism didn't separate us from everyday life, people will be asking questions. You know what? You are a very normal person. But why are these things, uh, then you can explain. You know what? Me, I, I am in Christ. I don't know whether I have told you this story. When I was, uh, I think I was about 28, 29 years old. I have a friend of mine, his name is Mash. Now, Mash is a very, up to today, he's a very big gym fanatic. So he used to take me to gym to wake me out a lot. And um, 
we, we would go to the gym, and because they know him in that gym, it was in Kimberley, what would happen is that we would find a lot of guys in the gym and we would gym with them. And so, after a couple of, maybe about three so weeks, we went out and we, after gym, we went out to a restaurant and we sat down and we started having coffee. And when we were having coffee, one of the guys on that coffee table said to uh, uh, Marsh, who this guy is that he has always come to the gym with. I said, oh, this is Ken, you know, he's a friend of mine from Zambia and this and that. And Ken is here because he is, uh, at that time I was in Bible school. So even if you're in Bible school, you don't have any church, people still call you pastor, yeah? So he said he's actually a pastor. And everybody wanted to fall over. He said, ah, he's a pastor. But these are the words. Not that I am exaggerating. You can call Marsh. <laughs> and this is what this guy says. He says, man, but this guy is so cool. Are you seeing what I mean? He says, but this guy is so cool. Because he has never seen a cool pastor. <laughs> he, he wanted me to go to the gym in a suit and a tie. You know, with shoes, with socks. Carrying a Bible. And when everybody does one push-up, he said, in the name of Jesus. People don't get saved like that. I can tell you, if I tell that guy to come to church with me, he'll be the first one because he wants to be cool. He wants to be cool. Now, let's look at these uh, three ways, and then next week, Temba is going to show us the, the other three ways in which we need to evangelize. Ladies and gentlemen, we are doing life. We are not trying to go to heaven. We are doing life with God and with each other. And that is why as we evangelize, we should not remove God from the scene. We should not take people to God. We should invite God into our environment. We, we live with him together. Now, the first thing that you're going to see is that if your theology has influenced you wrongly, you are going to definitely speak about the, the, the Lord wrongly to people. Your theology will always influence how somebody is going to understand God. If your theology is showing them that the only relevance God has is to protect you from hellfire, I can tell you this person will only think about God in a futuristic way because they are just thinking that day of judgment. Me, I will be protected by Jesus. But for now, I can live my life on my own. And then there is no God in their life. People should associate God with life. People should associate a pastor. You, you know, when, 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 you, when you go into the, when you're watching movies, have you ever seen how they portray a pastor? Most of the times, it's this guy with a, uh, an oversized baggy trousers and the shoes it's not like nice Armani shoes 
It's usually the ones that you buy on the street that are not looking good. And his teeth are usually not nicely done. And if you were to go into the scene of the movie, it's probably not smelling okay. And what they are doing to us is that they are showing us that that is how God is. And people are associating the people that are with God, they are associating them with that. They can't find a cool guy like myself. If, if I go to audition, I won't pass. I won't pass. You know why? You know why? Because, because I, I, I don't fit their picture of a pastor. You see that? So we, we, we need to use a method that is incarnational. And uh, to, incarnational is a big word, but it just simply means to, to be part of our lives. Jesus became part of us. Now, the first way in which people will get saved, and you won't believe it. And if you are like that, don't change your style. Because there are people that are waiting for you. The first one is called truth-telling. Truth-telling. It's the Sulani guys. The guys that will feel great when you don't beat about the bush. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 37 to 39. It says, when the people heard this, they were what? They were what? They were cut to heart. Do you know what being cut to heart means? It, it's something that pricks you. And then the Bible says, and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord... Now, Peter was not like John. So Peter did not go to somebody and say to him, you know, try to live nice. You know, God loved... No, 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 no. Peter told him, my friend, if you continue, you will die. And then there are people that, that would get saved. Others would not get saved because they are waiting for John to come with another method as well. Those are the ones that like to be pampered. Now, are the first ones and the second ones wrong? Nobody is wrong. It's just the way they understand life. That is why I said, even myself, don't think that I sit in my house there uh, wherever I live and think that everybody would love me. It's not true. I'm not ice cream. I'm not ice cream. So there are a lot of people that actually would not love me. But I can tell you, there are certain people that think that guy is great. That is my tribe. And this is Peter's tribe. Truth telling. So, in, uh, uh, I didn't tell my wife, but it's a positive thing I can tell you, like, guys. Um, we were having a couples meeting. And uh, in our, our uh, icebreaker, they said, can you tell something that you admire with your spouse? So two, two people sit in the corner. 
husband and wife, tell your, your friend what you admire. I told my wife what I admire about her and everything. And then I was waiting for the moment. <laughs> Does she even have anything that she admires, you know? You know, the six-pack is gone. And all these things are gone. The hair is becoming white now. What does she admire? And she says to me, she says, you know what, eh? I admire you because you will just tell me even when you know it will hurt. You, you, just, you just speak the truth even when you know this thing can hurt somebody or anything. That I admire about you. And myself, I didn't know about that. 18 years of marriage. I didn't know that that's, what, that's the biggest for her. She just feels, me, I can't go to bed when I feel something. I will tell you that. No, my friend. <laughs> and and it, a, lot of a lot of people find it very, very intrusive because they're like, how did he even manage to do that? But remember, it is called truth-telling. There are certain people that will never get saved for you pampering them. If you don't go to them and tell them that, my friend, this life that you are living is evil, other people will cry and they will never like you. Other people will be like, yo, my man, thanks, man. Oh, man, thanks, man. You know what? Nobody has ever spoken to me like this. Thank you, man. Because you hit the nail on its head. Are you seeing what I mean? So the problem is that a lot of people that like pampering, they feel like oh, other people are too much. They are not too much. God created different people. And because we are different people, we will also get saved. Do you know that myself, I never got saved. People speaking to me about Christ. I got saved one day when I realized the, I think it's important for me to do this. I knelt down on my own and I said, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> so you have to understand. Look at Acts chapter 8 verse 18. When Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of hands by the apostles' hands, he offered the money and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. This guy is a nice guy. He's wanting the power of God. Now, Peter answered, he says, may your money perish with you. Do you think this is nice? And it wasn't in a corner. It was in front of people. He said, my friend, Get lost with your money. If you th he says, if you think your money can buy God's power, just keep your money. And some people would be offended. Now look at verse 24. What did Simon do? Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me. <laughs> you think that this guy will run away and feel like Peter is really hammering. And no, he says, Peter, you know my man, pray for me. That's the type of person that Peter was. Now, there are people like that in this church. And because maybe sometimes you feel like, man, the way God has created me is, is very offensive. And they, No, 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 no. There are people that will never get saved if you don't become yourself. Because you know what certain people love? They don't love pampering. They just love to be told, you know what, my man? This is not right. Let's 
do it this way. And those of you that know me, you are probably have realized now that this is how I am. I am very open. And you know, many times, because, because I'm a pastor and when I do that, a lot of people feel very uncomfortable and some people think that I am very difficult to handle and all those things. And then when we are on a one-on-one, they realize that I am just a normal person, but I will not tolerate something that I see is not right and just tell you that it's, it's not right. In my counseling sessions, I have told people, I, in my counseling sessions, when I just see something wrong, I don't tell the wife or the husband, you know, sorry, Mrs. This. No, no, I said, you must stop that and start doing that. <laughs> my wife is on the other side. She's very nice. And that's why I also married her, because it's the opposite of me. I saw somebody who is nice. You can do terrible things to my wife, and she is just still nice. She even fights you who is, who is doing terrible things to her, she is even wanting you to love her. And I'm like, baby, you can't just tell them to get lost. <laughs> no, but you know, it's, we, we have, with her, nice. So many times when I am in my mood, she, <laughs> under the table, like, on my, on my toes. In, in public, she gives me that eye then I know that I am in my... <laughs> I, I see what I mean? So it's, it's, it's really, really important, you know, that you have to understand how did God create you. I'm not saying that you have to, you have to become militant or anything, but that is how God has created you. And it's got nothing to do with being a man. It's got nothing to do with being a woman. I know women that are just like me. They will never tolerate you telling them nonsense. They'll just come and say, you know what? If you don't like that, then I'm going this way. The second thing is this. There are people that will only get saved if you convince them. They like to reason. So a guy like that will never get saved with a guy like me preaching and telling him the Lord, to the Lord. He'll be like, you know what? You're wasting my time. Because they are reasoning. In Acts chapter 17, verse 1 to 4, it says, When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. Reasoned with them from the Scriptures. Explaining. And proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas and did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Now you can see Paul sat down for hours arguing. He said he would go to Genesis. He says, you see in Genesis, it says when Adam and Eve sinned that I will send the seed of a woman and the seed of a woman 
is going to be an enemy to them. And he explained from Genesis up to, up to Malachi, telling them this is what it is. This Jesus that you are, this person that they are talking about here is the Jesus that I am talking to you about. Okay. And there are people like that. And you see, they love to debate. To them, any, I have a person like that on my team. Anything is a debate. But is it wrong? It is not wrong. Because that is how God has created them. Are you seeing what I mean? Now, if a person doesn't understand, they will feel very offended because everything is a, so pastor, why did you do that? I'm like, I'm your pastor, man. That's why I did it. I'm just joking. Debating. It's people that God has created to have an analytical mind. They will also not get saved if you come and you don't even know what John 3.16 is. They will think that you are wasting their time. You know why? Because with them, things only make sense when you are able to prove blow by blow that this is how things are. You know, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. There are certain people, when they ask you, Why do you believe in Jesus? And you just start blah, blah, blah. They will just be like, no, man. Ah, yeah. I, 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 I. I can't waste my time to go to your church if you can't convince me. So what, what did Peter, what did Paul do? He sat down with them. There was a time when Paul sat in a service at night in the book of Acts. You can read about it. The Bible says he preached for a long time People started sleeping and one of them even fell off there. The, the two or three story house and he fell off and died. And Paul went down to go and pick him and rose, raised him from the dead. Are you seeing what I mean? Because, because this is a guy that is not going to come to you. And if you read the book of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, I don't come to you. Just, just, Jay. No, he says, I come to you with speaking wisdom. I come and I explain to you. I come and I help you to understand that this Jesus is the son of God. You can't just go to somebody. No, Jesus is the son of God. Tell me how. When you say he's the son of God, can you go to, can you pick it up from the time that the Bible was starting in Genesis? Up to the time in Revelation, are you able to show me blow by blow that this is the Jesus that we are talking about? And the last thing, the, the third one that I'm going to discuss with you this morning is storytelling. So it's a very long passage. I won't read it, but in your own time, you can read it. Uh, and um, you can see these three stories. The first story is the lost ship. The second story is the lost coin. The third story is the lost son. Now Jesus, Jesus was more 
bent towards this way of speaking and the first one of, of truth telling. When he was in a certain mode, he just shot. But in many times, he would sit down and he would tell a story. And because he is telling a story, somebody would be able to pick up on their own that this story that this person is telling, this is what he is talking about. So he says to somebody, there was this son and this boy got lost and this is what happened. And the father did this and says, oh, so that is how God is. He loves to reconcile with his children. And even when the child has done something wrong, he doesn't blame them, but he just brings them and throws a party and he's happy that they have come home. I see what I mean. So it's very important that we understand that people will not get saved just by using one method. And if you don't know how to use that method because it's not your personality type, don't feel bad because your personality type also has one of the ways that we are going to speak about this uh, th uh, through this uh, uh, series. The people that love telling stories, they always will tell you about their personal experiences. They'll always tell you about uh, things, about uh, life and all those things. And they will put it very nicely and they're going to help you to understand that. Amen? So, let me conclude and then we are going to pray. The first thing that you have to understand is this. People don't get saved the same way. And you, as you are preaching to them, don't think that everyone, just because you are filled with the Holy Spirit, will come to Christ because of your method of preaching. Some of you actually can get offended. Some of you can get very angry. I remember we were told when we just got saved how we would go around giving people papers, pamphlets <clears throat> to uh, in their homes and on the street and stuff like that. There were so many of them, when you extend the pamphlet, they would take it they would look at it and then they would ask you a question then there were some of them you give them a pamphlet they would look at you and they would give you that eye and then you know what they are saying that you, they, they won't even pick it. Are you seeing what I mean? Because what? It's not their style. And then there were that, some of those that were very nice. They will take it and then they will, they will look at you. When you are looking the other way, then they will tear it nicely. <laughs> That is also another group of people. They don't want to offend. They know that it's not, this is not my stuff, but, but you know what? Nicely. <laughs> and then they throw it away. I see what I mean. So, so don't feel bad. Because in the olden days, you know, when we preached, we just told people, just go and evangelize. If you don't give people the, if you don't speak to somebody on the taxi, how can you be with somebody on the taxi from, from, from uh, home until the town without telling them the Lord, he, he, just, just calm down. Calm down. Sometimes it's not their style. Someone would just love for you to just show them something and we're going to talk about that uh, in, the, in the next uh, uh, three series. Now, don't preach the same way and be yourself. 
Then the third thing is that always remember. Always remember. People want a God that is relevant. Many times we emphasize irrelevant things. You know, people want somebody, people want a God that can come through uh, for them. A God that is going to help them through their challenges. A God that is going to help them at work, in their marriage and all those things. Not a God who is waiting for judgment. He's seated on the throne there waiting for judgment. One day I will nail you. You will come. No, he's not that type of God. And then people want to know, and this is a big one, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to pray. People will always want to know that you are a normal human being. The only difference with them is that you are reconciled with God and you are living a life that is reconciled. Don't make people uncomfortable. Don't make people uncomfortable about what you believe. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. Be a normal human being that somebody can relate to and they will be able to see God through you. Let us stand. Praise the name of the Lord. So as, as we are also going to be uh, doing those uh, meetings in Zambia and in Malawi, I would also want to ask for your prayers. Uh, pray for us. The Zambian one is, is almost full and the Malawian one is literally full already. And um, we don't take too many people because we just want an intimate group of people. So that's why we always uh, cap it. You know, so pray for us as we are going to be um, doing those uh, meetings. Amen? So let's just pray together. Father God, we thank you so much. We want to give you praise and we want to give you glory and honor because you are a very, very good God. Thank you for what you are doing in us and through us. Thank you, dear Lord, that uh, you have created us differently. We are all different. And that is why, dear Lord, we thank you because of the differences that we have. How I pray that each and every one of us will remain authentic and will remain, dear Lord, themselves and they'll be able, dear Lord, to evangelize using a method that they are comfortable with. So we thank you and we bless you and we honor you today for each and every one of these, your children. We pray and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Shadi.